So I'm Steve Joseph. Um, I was commissioner uh, from 1986 to 1990. Uh, it was a great job. Uh, at, uh, at my swearing in, the, 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 the second question I got asked by the press was, why, why would you want to be health commissioner in New York City? It was a tough time, and everybody knew tougher times were coming between AIDS and crack and the fiscal situation in the city. And what I said to them, um, I said, you know, every professional wants to play in Yankee Stadium. And this is Yankee Stadium. The New York City Health Department um, has always been the, the best public health job in the, in the world, I think. San Francisco AIDS epidemic was a gay man's epidemic, largely better educated, somewhat more affluent, and much more important and out in the city's life than New York. So that's number one. The New York City epidemic, as you know, was very different. The initial, initial bolus of uh, gay infection, then the minority poverty drug user thing, bang. Very different. Uh, second of all, the big deal in San Francisco was they closed the bathhouses. They closed them earlier. New York City was slower and lower. We had these numbers, and then appointed a committee with Martin Cherkasky and Dave Rogers, some really important people, to think about what was going to happen to the city. I mean, w there was reason to fear that we were going to run out of hospital beds. Should there be AIDS hospitals? Would that be discriminant? I mean, uh, there were, okay, so here's New York sitting with this enormous number of estimated infections, a number which, which was which was, est the estimate was made before I got to New York, during Dave Sensor's time. Dave, Dave is a real good public health guy. I don't know if he's still alive. He's the one that got burned out of the CDC on the swine flu. He's a good, solid guy. And his people had made this tremendous estimate. And uh, we're going along, we're trying to figure out, you know, how is the city going to cope with this? plus all the political and policy and moral and legal and financial issues that we're talking about here. And I keep saying to myself, it can't be that many. Either that or there are four or five times more uh, outwardly gay people in New York City than we think. And that can't be true, especially in the, by the 80s. So there's something wrong with the numbers. And we're trying to figure out uh, how we're going to cope in resource terms. And so I asked the, the guy, Steve Schultz, who's Deputy uh, Commissioner for Infectious Disease, and a couple of really good epidemiologists that he had, very good people. I said, Dave, where did these numbers come from? And Because it was before my time. And he said, well, we took the San Francisco method and we applied it to New York. I said, that that doesn't make a lot of sense. There are some very major differences, whether within the gay community or across the minority and poverty community and gay community in, in New York. I said, we've got to have a, a method of our own that, that takes account of New York. And so these guys put one together, and they come out with a much reduced number. Well, I thought that was wonderful news. I mean, it seems to me logical that that's wonderful news. And I was very stupid. I, um, we got these, we got the final estimate 
just a week or two before the annual aid conference, which was going to be held in Montreal. And at this time, my, my relationships with the gay community weren't bad. They weren't too bad by then. They, were, they had some terrific leadership. A guy named Tom Stoddard, who ran Lambda Legal Defense uh, Fund. Uh, a guy named, uh, uh, it'll come to me, who was um, the gay men's health crisis. So they were very solid people. A lot of them were sick by then. A lot of them are dead now. But they, and we had a pretty good relationship. We had differences on things like mandatory reporting, blah, blah, blah. But we had a pretty good relationship. And I figured this would be great news. So I called a meeting in my office, and they all came in. And I said, we've made some new estimates. We're quite sure of the science behind it. And the numbers of infected people, particularly gay men in New York City, are you know, much less than we have said all along. Isn't that terrific? And nobody said anything. Nobody said anything. I mean, I was so dumb, I wasn't thinking politically. I was thinking in public health terms. They saw that as a threat, not only to their interests and the funding and the rest, but they also, uh, there was a lot of paranoia in New York around AIDS. They saw it as perhaps a deliberate thing that these bad guys, Koch and Joseph, have cooked up to downplay the importance of the epidemic. That was, remember I said at the beginning of this discussion that there was its, uh, the real issue that broke the, broke the tie between the gay community and myself was this issue. Because I went to Montreal and, then was, uh, 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 and was speaking at the conference and I said this. I said, here's what we found. The numbers were wrong. The numbers are really less. That doesn't mean this is not important. It doesn't mean we need to cope with all these other problems. But that's good news. And boy, they stood up. They had a whole bunch of people stand up in the front row with watches ticking and booing. My daughter came from Philadelphia to visit me a week later. And she got to my house and she said, uh, Dad, I saw the strangest thing. There's a public health service announcement in the New York subways. You know how they probably still have it, right? PSA. And it's a picture of you, and it says, deadlier than the virus. Stephen C. Joseph, you know, health commission. That was the break, and it was, it's tragic. They were wrong. There was, no, there was no conspiracy between Ed and myself to diminish the significance of the epidemic. And we were right. It was good news. But it, I handled it very poorly. I should have taken more time, talked to people one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, Tom and, and Richard, R Richard, the guy from uh, Gay Men's Health Crisis, we were friends. And then after that, we weren't friends anymore. And that's when the, uh, you know, the kind of civil disobedience stuff, there was a lot of personal threats, et cetera, started at that point. That was the break. And it's stupid because it wasn't a, a, a difference in heart or... Or, or approach, it was a, I should have understood how threatening that would be to them. To me, it was great news. The numbers are right. The numbers are right. We overestimated the, um, the drain on the city, uh, not only in money terms. Because, AC, when I was, first came as commissioner, there was no treatment. 
there was no AZT. What AIDS meant was that a young gay man would roll into Bellevue at 2 o'clock in the morning on Sunday morning, and by 8 in the morning he'd be dead of pneumocystis pneumonia. That was AIDS. We, knew, we, we, we were starting to talk about full-blown AIDS. We didn't understand this. We didn't know that these people had been sick for five, three, five years before they became ill. There was tremendous ignorance. And I mean, it was, New York was a very tough situation, and San Francisco was not at all the same. Did they do better sooner than we did? I don't know. I guess we used all, well, first of all, we had a lot more data, right? Because the initial um, uh, estimates were probably done in before the middle of the 80s. And we're now talking about 88. And uh, so we had a lot more data. And we had smart people look at the data and construct a method of estimating how, in the context of all the factors in New York City, what we estimated what the cases were. But we had a lot more data and a lot more data over time. So it was better data, really, more than a difference in uh, a difference in, uh, in, 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 the, in the model. But there was a big difference in the model, which was it's a very different epidemic in San Francisco than it was in New York, particularly by the late 80s. The tragedy was, for all sorts of reasons, some of it the fault of the public health people, some of it the fault of other people, we were not able to move at the same pace with public understanding and education and the public health activities that needed to be done. That's the real tragedy of the epidemic. But we were fortunate in that period, and certainly I was fortunate in that period, to have, have Ed Koch as mayor. Because if Ed thought there was something important to do, he would get it done. And I think there was probably more aggressive political uh, leadership in New York than there was San Francisco. Although people, uh, you know, used to always say uh, that in this period, 85, 86, 84, uh, that the, Ed, Ed didn't want to put the money in. The city is moving too slowly. I don't. I don't know. Um, if I may, I, I speak pretty frankly, and if I'm offending anybody, you should tell me. But I think some of this may have had to do with the public's confusion about Ed's sexuality. I don't know what Ed's sexuality was. But there was a lot of a lot of you know, whispering and debating whether he was gay, whether he was straight, whether he was uh, basically asexual. I don't know if you've ever seen this business with Betty Furness, the, the, uh, the, the, the beauty queen, and how he used her uh, in his third campaign. And there were things in the gay community about this was just a beard for Ed, etc. So I've always had a suspicion that some of the criticism of Ed in, uh, in, in the early years of the AIDS epidemic uh, may have been the various things that could, that could come up about, uh, about that. Certainly in my time, anything I asked him for, I got. Whether it was money or support, we differed on a few things. He came around on some and I came around on others. But the, uh, if you want a great political figure to model your career after, you could do a lot worse than him.